Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Very excited to hear from you. Again, 
as our friend John Edward mentioned, Cam Scott will be committing at 2 o'clock would be a big-time pickup for South Carolina. So we shall see what happens. In the meantime, I want to hear from you. The phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Let me say this. I cannot wait for the post-game call-in shows to begin to take place after each and every single South Carolina football game. This season, we'll jump on literally right here. As you see me right now, we'll jump on. The phone lines will be open. And I, I really, the hope and the expectation, <clears throat> and I know there's this is not going to be a problem in regards to like generating buzz or getting calls because everybody wants a spot to either celebrate or voice their frustrations. And so literally the plan is going to be, it's going to be the Spurs Up show, post-game call-in show. We're going to have a special YouTube template graphic made for it so you guys know it'll be scheduled to play, what have you. Following kickoff, I'd say within 10 minutes of kickoff, excuse me, of, of the game concluding, within 10 minutes or so, we'll jump on right here. We'll probably get our ad read out of the way, and we'll say, hey, phone lines are open. Y'all go ahead. And the show will literally be in place for you all to vent, to celebrate, to give your thoughts, your opinions, whatever it might be. Going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait for the post-game call-in show. It's going to be off the rails more than likely. I can tell you that much. Uh, let's get back and get through your questions. Robbie Davis early on. What's up, Chris? Go Gamecocks. Beamer ball to the moon. Sean, as we mentioned, Trey Knox, possible minor sprain. Yeah, yep, that was something that, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, obviously. Should not be any sort of season, any, nothing crazy. So he should be good to go early in the season. Lynn Turner, love your shirt. I'm part of the reason why you have the quote and why students had to be moved from the upper deck. We made it sway on purpose. Well, Lynn, I appreciate that. I love this shirt and I love this line. And that's awesome that you did that. Truly, truly. Justin says, big year for Beamer as a head coach, judge of hiring coach with how Loggins does with White in the defense. And at least second string isn't consistent in improvement. Improve might be time to look for a replacement. Um, you know, I, I will say, I think you learn a lot about coaches when they have to go hire coordinators. And so hitting a home run on Dabble Loggins, it, it is a must. It is absolutely a must. Jay Shock, enjoy hearing you talking ball, Chris. I look forward to watching your show. Thank you, Jay Shock. Thank you. Appreciate that. Great to hear from you, Jay Shock. Lynn says, having stronger linebackers also helps plug holes which helps with your pass rush. Linebacker has been a weak link for a while. I agree, Lynn. Listen, I agree. I think it's been a weak link for sure. Um, and we'll talk about them more on Monday and Tuesday. It takes all 11, as Shane Buren pointed out at SCC Media Days, takes all 11 to stop the run. Cody says, the time has come. We should start expecting more sacks, less interceptions, less turnovers, et cetera. We've been so used to having low expectations in all three, all these categories over the years. Well, and i tell you this, Cody, and I know this is going to sound crazy. I hope the pass defense is worse this year. I do. And I don't mean that in the sense of I hope they don't play well. But I, I just, as Brad Lowing said, never brag about your pass defense because it just means you can't stop the run. Like, I'd rather us be 50th in pass defense, but the run defense actually be decent 
then, you know, we're up here beating our chest or we're a top 10 pass defense, but literally can't stop a nosebleed. There needs to be some defensive balance more than anything. Being a one-trick pony and then beating your chest because, oh, look, you know, I've got this, this one thing. You know, it's like a pitcher bragging about being able to throw 100, but is he already seven? Like, who, who cares? You have one pitch. Who cares? James Martin says, D-line always looks good in preseason because they're going against our offensive line. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, excuse me. Jacob B says, 425 requires excellent linebacker play for run support. We just haven't had that since Ernest Jones should be much better this year. That's a very good point you make. Robert Hastings, I think Brian Thomas Jr. is going to look good this year. He looked good in the spring game for what it's worth. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe that was just a, a flash in the spring game, or maybe he can be a real big-time contributor for South Carolina. Uh, Hunter Johnson, I'm ready to see Lenore Sellers take snaps. Indeed. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Nathan, I think the Gamecocks finished second in the East this year if the O-line has a good year. I could see it. Nathan, I could see it. Ethan, don't want to lose Knox, but don't think we lose the first two by not having him. We'll need him for SEC play. Yeah, I mean, Ethan, obviously Furman, you should not need Trey Knox. I would like Trey Knox for week one. Ethan says, Simon will get lots of looks for UNC, I bet. I Again, I'll go back to I would like I would like Trey Knox for week one. You know, and this brings me to, I, I don't know that, like, I look at week one, guys, as a true coin flip. Like, I, I don't see it being a blowout. I don't see South Carolina as just worlds above UNC. I get the feeling some Gamecock fans feel that way. They're like, South Carolina is just going to go out and just, just dominate UNC. Run them up and down the field. It might happen. It might happen, but I think it's far from a guarantee. I think it's much more of a coin flip game. And I mean, UNC is literally favored in the ball game. So do with that what you will. Nathan says, August can't go by fast enough. I hear you, man. Evan says, I think the defensive line will be a lot better this season. I know there was concern with depth, <clears throat> but we still have some veteran guys in there. Maybe problem was Lindsey. Maybe the problem was Jimmy Lindsay, my friend. Maybe it was. Maybe the problem really, truly was Jimmy Lindsay. I mean, I you know, we hope. We hope that's the problem. Let's see. Ethan says, it's time to move Joiner to tight end. I mean, what can't he do, right? What can't he do? Mm-mm. I see Jake riled up some of you. Riled up a good bit of you for calling Southern Cal USC. You know Jake likes to ruffle the feathers a little bit. Todd Smith, what's going on, man? Appreciate you. Appreciate you tuning in. Let's see. Spur Daddy says, who's Cam Smith? Cam Scott, John Edward. Oh, I forgot. You got me blocked and won't see this comment. John Edward. Man, you got a lot of the chat blocked, John Edward. Spur Daddy says, Chris, if Knox is unable to go against UNC, 
Who do you see maybe moving over in a tight end position from another group? I, Spur Daddy, you literally reloaded the room with like eight people. Why would you move someone over to play tight end who's not a tight end? Like, if Trey Knox can't go against UNC, Joshua Simon will be tight end one. Whoever was number three slides a two, four to three, etc. I mean, you're not moving people over that don't even play the position. DJ Sun Tzu, what's up, man? Been a while. He says, been listening to Chris a lot in Greenville on 107. The Fan Upstate. How about that? How about that? John, not even going to entertain that comment from Spur Daddy, says John Edward. KFC in Africa. Stone's hurt, isn't he? I, I think he's got something he's nursing, but I don't think it's major. Bake SC says Pup and Stone will go down as the best linebacker duo in team history. Now, that's bold. I think that's bold. Let's see. Ruben Nation says, I've heard that Cam Scott was Bama or Auburn bound most likely, but we're out of it. Really? That hurt. Ruben Nation, you're telling me a guy from Lexington, South Carolina is going to Bama or Auburn. That's tough. That's a tough miss for Lamont. That is. The homie Lamont is not cooking. Uh, Jay Shock, I totally agree with you about the depth in the D-line, but with that being saying, we all know there's talent as well. Who's not to say Travian was the missing piece of that room? Jay Shock, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you are right. I mean, it, it could be. Could be. Justin says, what's the go-to game day barbecue spot in Charlotte for game week? I got to be honest, Justin, I have not been to Charlotte in so long, and I haven't lived there in even longer. So I, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I have no idea. Again, Cam Scott's commitment is upcoming at 2 o'clock. I tell you what, I let, let's let's get into this, by the way, just for fun. On three posted, at the end of September, South Carolina's record will be blank, and it's UNC, Furman, Georgia State, or Mississippi State, and Tennessee. I do not win a lot of people over by picking that Mississippi State game as a loss. I, I really don't. Um Had somebody say, you're so negative lately about any potential either side of the team has this year. I get it. We don't have the best record, but at least have a little more enthusiasm about the upcoming season. It's funny how people take my, <clears throat> my analysis as being a pessimist or not excited for football. Bro, I'm ecstatic for football. I'm ecstatic for football. And I mean, I picked a 2-3 and three start in September. I've picked a seven and five finish. Is is picking seven and five being pessimistic? I, I really don't think so. I mean, again, I I know that Mississippi State pick is one that's going to throw people off. I get that. But I just I don't understand how that's like unfathomable for people. I really don't.
I mean, Carolina lost to Mizzou last year, guys, at home. You think they can't lose to Mississippi State? Again, we've already done all the whole, all the, you know, we've already done the whole prediction stuff like that. But like seven and five to me feels right for South Carolina. It, it just does. Is eight and four achievable? Absolutely. I think anywhere between six and six and eight and four is very realistic. I, I think that's very realistic. I think nine and three, I think that's a little bit aggressive. I think five and seven, that's a little bit overly pessimistic. I'm right in the middle. I almost feel like I'm making the safe pick to a degree. But, I mean, I I don't think seven and five. I mean, and that's the thing, guys. I I mean, there's evidence to support that two and three in September could very realistically happen. Carolina started slow under Shane Beamer. They have not played well early. They've caught fire late, which is why I've got South Carolina losing the state, but picking up wins over Missouri and Kentucky late in the season, which will be two very high-quality wins in my mind. I mean, beating a Mizzou team in Como that you haven't beaten since forever. Four straight losses, haven't beaten them in Como in God knows how long. That'll be a solid win. And then Kentucky, who I'm high on, that I think they could be, I'd have to look at their schedule, I think they could be 7-3 and three or, God forbid, 8-2 and two at that point. I really do. So, but I am very, and, I, and I'll say this because people keep asking me, Chris, how are we going to go seven and five with all these C minus grades and D grades? Well, let me remind you, there's only two position units I grade as a D, a, a D in any capacity. Running backs a D, O-line's a D plus. I've got quarterbacks an A. I've got receivers a B plus. I've got tight ends at a C plus. D-line a C-minus. I'm not going to spoil the grades the rest of the way, but let's think about this, right? On an A to F scale, a real A to F, here's where most people struggle. They're way too favorable in the grading. So, like, everybody gets a B. Everything's a B. Everything's a B plus. It's like, what's an F? Is anybody an F? If you're grading on a true A through F scale, A is the best of the best 15-0 national champions. F, 0-12, you stunk. I think a C grade for a football team is about a 5-7, 6-6, 7-5-ish football team. Middle of the pack. 6-6. I'd say a C is a 6-6 football team. South Carolina... As a whole. So if you do the averages, when it's all said and done, I guarantee you the averages of all the grades I've given, it's going to be around a C or a C minus. But you have to factor in coaching. You have to factor in Beamer ball. What Shane Beamer has done, guys, over his first two years is this. South Carolina in year one was probably a three or four win football team in regards to the talent they had on the roster the quarterback position, other things. Shane Beamer elevated them to six wins in the regular season and a bowl win. Last year, Carolina was probably a six-and-six football team. They absolutely were. Shane Beamer and company elevated them to eight regular season wins. 
I look at the Gamecocks this year very similarly. They're probably still about a a six and six football team, talent wise. But with Shane Beamer and company, I expect better. Seven and five. I think eight and four is very possible. They could beat Mississippi State, guys. Carolina could absolutely. I may look like a damn fool come week four. I, I, I may look like a complete idiot. South Carolina might beat Mississippi State by three touchdowns. I, 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 I don't know. It, it might happen. But to insinuate that that is, you know, everybody's just so mind-blown about that game. And it's like, I don't understand why it's so hard to conceive that Carolina could lose that game. Like, it, it, it's very losable. That game is very losable for South Carolina. It's also very winnable. It's also very winnable. So we'll see, man. I mean, again, it's it's fun making predictions, projections. I mean, I love doing that. It's one of my favorite parts of the preseason. But I'm also ready for real ball in the field. Uh, Billy Napier saying this. They've named a starting quarterback. He's not ready to announce it yet. Quote, we've seen enough in regards to naming their starting quarterback. So Florida knows, and I mean, it's got to be Graham Mertz. There's no question. It's Graham Mertz. It's Graham Mertz. I mean, I don't know who else it could be. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Friday. Again, Cam Smot, Cam, Cam Smot, Cam Scott, if I could say it, commitment is upcoming at 2 o'clock. We will find out who he will be playing for. So I know some of you out there, by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll carry this conversation because we are about to jump into a break. I'm curious, though. Admittedly, I, I'm not all that tied in when it comes to when it comes to like high school football. I, I don't have a ton of you know, I, I, I'm not really in the loop, right? I stay so wrapped up with the Gamecocks and everything. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked. A list. Who, top 50 head coaches who would win in a fight. Shane Beamer is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Interesting. Anyways, um, those who do keep up with high school football, and, and if I sound at risk of sounding out of the loop, I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I'm going to do so. Is NIL a big thing at the high school level yet? Like, kids leaving a high school to go to another high school? For NIL, is that a thing? Bruin, I know Bruin Nation has to know. I know Bruin Nation knows. Is that Are guys doing that? 
Florida's new quarterback. He says, rack my. <laughs> KFC, do where's JC been? He was literally on the show yesterday, KFC. He was on the show yesterday. Chase Floyd says, join the big cock club today, the Patreon. Yes, we have a good time with it for sure. KFC, aren't we glad we didn't get Napier? He low-key sucks. I mean, I, I don't think Billy Napier is like an awful coach. I mean, <clears throat> KFC, look at what Florida is doing in recruiting right now. They are ranked third. They are ranked third in recruiting. Jeremy Jackson will be last year's Tennessee, but I feel like we will finish the deal. Jeremy, God bless you, my friend. I, from your lips to God's ears. From your lips to God's ears, I will say. Uh, Jeff Gulledge, have we had back-to-back -back losses under Shane Beamer? Jeff, absolutely 110% we have. Last year, we lost to Arkansas and Georgia in back-to-back -back weeks. Yes, it absolutely has happened. Now, I think that was the only time. It hasn't happened a lot. You know, it's crazy to think, too, when you think back, South Carolina won four games in a row at one point last year. That was what made that Missouri loss just so, so tough to stomach. I mean, you guys remember, right? South Carolina had won four in a row coming off that big Texas A&M win. I think we were ranked 25th or right on the edge of the top 25 and just laid an egg. Evan Lusk says, average of your grade so far is a C-plus on a GPA scale. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There's Evan Lusk. Ethan says, Max Speed Shop is the best barbecue spot in Charlotte. Another great Italian restaurant is the Open Kitchen on West Moorhead. Got a lot of love for Charlotte, man. Got a lot of love for Charlotte. Lived there for four years. It's obviously changed a lot since uh, since I lived there. But <clears throat> Charlotte's a vibe, man. It's a dope place. Very, very dope place. Anyways, guys, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Friday, August the 11th. Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. 15 days until college football. How about that? 15 days. Our friend Brad Crawford just dropped an article. Toughest schedules in the country. South Carolina makes the list. He says this. 
Shane Beamer's quest to South Carolina will be challenging. The Gamecocks open against UNC, a team that won the ACC Coastal last season, and returns the best player in the ACC in Drake May before going to Georgia in week three for their SEC opener. Carolina travels to Tennessee and A&M and hosts Clemson as well. So that's likely three additional top 15 opponents, at least the Gamecocks in the season with four home games in November. Death taxes in South Carolina having one of, if not the toughest schedule in college football. Should be getting non-conference schedules here soon for uh, basketball. Auburn just dropped. <clears throat> Auburn just dropped theirs non-conference schedule. And I have decided, yes, we will do a countdown to basketball season. Last year, I I got about a week in, and, and folks just didn't really seem interested in it. You know what? I'm going to count down to basketball. let's see back into your questions yes week zero Notre Dame plays Navy and Ireland that'll be a fun one KFC says we have a basketball team um Bruin says the next three weeks are going to drag ass yeah they, they, they typically do Bruin they typically do because we're so excited for what's to come and you know it's that's why I said you know I, I hate to leave you guys for a week of course the podcast will still Operate at a high level, but uh, I'm actually really excited to detach for a week and spend a week in Montana and, you know, kind of get away from it and sort of refresh before we really dive back in because we'll be locked in from week one to week 13 and beyond for the college football season. So excited to get some time away and and, uh, hit kind of the refresh button, you could say. Hit the refresh button, if you will, and, uh, you know, come back ready to go. So really looking forward to it. Let's see. Jay Shock says, last time I watched our birds play in Charlotte was in a bowl game against Virginia. Why did I say Virginia? Virginia. Yeah, I was at that game, believe it or not. I was at that game. Um, you know, there have been few games that I have not really even for a moment cheered. That one is one. Because, like, and, and I mean I didn't cheer because, like, nothing good happened start to finish. Nothing. Right? Nothing good happened start to finish. That one for sure, I would say 2020 Texas A&M, 2019 Texas A&M. Last year's Florida game, (laughs) 
2021 Texas A&M. <laughs> a lot of bad games against Texas A&M. I'd honestly say probably last year's Georgia game, too. That, that, that game was... Dude, last year's Georgia game was... And so, like, that's what kind of blows my mind is when people think Carolina's going to beat Georgia, and I'm like, did you forget what happened last year? Like... Did you forget that South Carolina, it's it's not like the Gamecocks got beat last year. They got dominated. Start to finish. I, I just... I got to see some more competitiveness in the game before I pick a W. Before I pick any sort of upset. Let's see. Evan Lusk, 2019 UNC, was when I knew Muschamp wasn't going to pan out. Same here. That's where the fire Muschamp rant came from, my friend. That's where the fire Muschamp rant came from. KFC says vacation next week, then get back and start hunting season. Love that for you. Love that for you. Guys, the season simulation series returns this weekend. Sunday night, we'll take on Vanderbilt. Monday night, Kentucky. And then Tuesday night, we've got the Clemson Tigers. That's going to be a lot of fun. Those three all at home, too. It's going to be a blast, truly. Cannot wait for that. Look forward to closing out the season simulation series. Again, going to be a ton of fun. Going to be a ton of fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's see. Jay Shock. What year did we upset number four Ole Miss? That was one of the best games I ever went to in Willie B. It was 2009. I was at that game. Yeah, that was awesome. I was at that game. We actually had practice that day, funny enough, and uh, went to that game after practice. And what a good time that was. That was a blast. That was an absolute blast. Mm-mm. Bruin Nation says, Chris, how about Greg the Muschamp guy? Dude, he, I'm tell, I knew this years ago, bro. Like, I, I knew this last year, two years ago. That dude loves, loves Will Muschamp. Loves him. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste, and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Let's see. Looks like Cam Scott, we still await the decision. No Gamecocks made it on the preseason Walter Camp Award watch list, I, it looks like. So, hmm. Let's see. Ruination, I wish my wife looked at me the same way that Greg 
looks at Will Muschamp. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay, listen, listen. I ended... I ended Jake's conversation earlier. I started it earlier to give you all an extended Q&A power out. If we don't get any calls, we're not going to make it to 3 o'clock. I'm just going to leave it at that. So, which I know y'all don't mind. Whatever you roll with the punches. It's a Friday. We're all chilling, hanging out. We're just to the point we need football, man. Like, we, we need we, – <laughs> I said it yesterday for sure. We need kickoff. I, I get it. I'm excited for week zero. I, I, I really am. I'm excited to just have football on TV because here's the thing. Once we get to that Saturday of week zero, like it's it's on because then it's game week. You know, once we get to game week, we'll start talking about North Carolina, the matchups, the gambling aspect of week one. We'll have games that Thursday Right, Florida, Utah, the headliner. Like once, once we get to week zero that Saturday, we're golden. It's going to be a long fifteen days. Long fifteen days till we get to that point. Long fifteen days. Okay, so it looks like Cam Scotts is deciding on YouTube. Let's see. All right, let's jump to the lines here. Call from Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, bro. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. What's up? All right. A couple of thoughts here. Um, one is more of a statement. I think, uh, you know, watching your countdown, it's just I think that Bruce Ellington doesn't get enough flowers, man. Like, that dude, I know his statistics aren't, you know, putting him up there top three, top four all time, but that man made a lot of humongous plays and a lot of humongous games for us. And I feel like when we talk about the greatest receivers to ever play at Carolina, his name never really comes up. But if you think about that little run we had, those like that 12 and 13 years, those years, I mean, he was as good as anybody on those teams and making those big catches in those big games. And just wanted to kind of say that. But but the thought I had that I wanted to get your opinion on, do you think that the whole Luke Doty moving to wide receiver, is that more – almost a little bit also making a way for sellers to get some of those snaps that might be able to be had this year, which I know there wasn't a lot to be had last year. But if there is, do you think that's kind of more of a show of confidence by the coaching staff to want to get him some action this year so next year he is in his green, possibly? Yeah, Will, first things first on Bruce Ellington. I do agree with you. He's a guy that, you know, just clutch catch after clutch catch. I mean, I he, he – I would rank him near the top of the most clutch wide receivers at South Carolina, undoubtedly. Um, speaking on the quarterback thing, you know, I think you heard J.C. Sherbert say this as well, that 
you know, I think number one, they want to get Luke Doty on the field and just utilize a skill set, give him a chance to make plays for South Carolina. But, um, you know, certainly I think with the emergence of Lenora Sellers, you've got Tanner Bailey back there as well. Um, you know, I think maybe they look at it as a situation where I, I think if something happened early, like I think Luke Doty going into the season is going to be QB2. If something happened, he'd be right. the first quarterback to try it out there. But midseason, late season, that might not be the case, right? I mean, that, that just might not be the case. So, um, I mean, I, I think certainly. I, I think certainly when you have a guy like Lenora Sellers back there that, um, you know, has the ability that we feel like he does and it sounds like he's coming along maybe even quicker than some expected, you know, I, I think the possibilities of, you know, him being ready to play quarterback, especially late in the season, I think that is one of the reasons you you slide Luke Doty out because, you know, let's, let's face it, long term, uh, I, I don't think Luke Doty ever takes a snap again under center as South Carolina's starting quarterback. I, I just – I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I think Lenora Sellers is is the guy of the future. That's that's how you feel. That's what you hope at least. And uh, so if Luke Doty's going to get some playing time, it's going to have to be somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, and I think that if they weren't as confident in Sellers, because I think it's Sellers. I mean, it could be a list of a couple of guys, but I think we all think that that's the next guy. And I feel like if they didn't have that confidence in him, they wouldn't be – as quick to slide Luke over because, like you said, if something does happen, you know, you know, he's going to be quarterback too, which he probably still is, like you said, at the beginning of the season. But being in the wide receiver group, there's a lot more contact as far as you're going to get hit more. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't think he's going to play a whole lot of wide receiver either. I mean, if you think about it, who's he going to beat out to get? He ain't getting in the top four. I don't feel like. I mean, he could still see the field, but it's almost like one of those moves that they're doing and you're hearing about, but I don't know if you're actually going to see a lot of it on the field, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I, mean? I, I feel the same way, man. I mean, listen, we, we hear about stuff like this, rumors all the time. I mean, that's why I say I, I take it all with a grain of salt when it comes to, you know, fall camp reports and, and what's going on with that. But you never know. I mean, it, and, and I think the point JC made was what you really take away from it. It's like if Luke Doty's playing receiver, um, it's not because South Carolina does not have bodies. It's because right. it's because he's really turned into a really, really good wide receiver. Which I have to see, I guess. I just hadn't he hadn't played a whole lot of that in his career, even in high school. Yeah. He he played a little bit, you know. But I mean he is a great athlete. Yeah. Um and you know, for being from Myrtle, I'm pulling for him, but it's just, you know, hearing that, I guess my first thought was that's a good look for <laughs> sellers. Because that that showing a little bit like, hey, like we can move him over to wide receiver if need be. We got this guy kind of thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, the days are dragging on, dude. Let's just get <laughs> to it already, right? Like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, brother, uh, when does the simulation start? Sunday again? Yeah, Sunday at seven. We'll we'll do Sunday at seven, Monday at seven, and then Tuesday at seven o'clock. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Those are always uh, a blast. Yeah, man. It's it's something to hold me over for a little bit at least. Yeah. Anyway, bro. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Be good, Will. Appreciate you. Will from Dirty Myrtle. Always a pleasure to hear from him. Great stuff. Has Cam Scott committed yet? That is my question. Has Cam Scott committed yet? Committed yet? I tell you this, I, I see Bruin Nation commenting all the time about Lenora Sellers. If Lenora Sellers comes in and struggles, 
I know who I'm going to be able to find in the comments defending Lenora Sellers. It'll be Ruin Nation because, hey, no player is immune to it. He comes in, throws a couple picks. He stinks. I know that Bruin Nation will be there defending him. <laughs> I know Bruin Nation will be there. I'm not saying, obviously, you should do that. I'm just saying I know Bruin Nation will be there no matter what. Let's jump to the line. Call from Peyton. Peyton, what's up, man? How are you? Good about yourself, Chris. What's going on, man? I am doing fantastic, my friend. Just hanging out. What's up? So, uh... Talk a little bit about um, our uh, our D line a little bit. Um, for uh, I think uh, we you talked about it yesterday. Um, I think Tonka Hemingway is our premier guy as of right now. I think he's the guy that we're going to be looking for uh, for a big impact from. My question to you is this: If you had to put a number on it, how many sacks or tackles for loss? would you say he would need to have to take, quote, that next step? Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, man. He had eight tackles for loss and four sacks. I mean, he had a really good season. Um, you know, I, I, I think if he can get to double digits in tackles for loss and get to, you know, sacks for a D tackle are kind of hard to come by. I mean, if he got to six or more, right? I think that would be – he'd be – yeah, I, I think that'd be a really, really high-quality season for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think uh, if if we can, I, you know, we me and you talked about it a little bit yesterday. I don't, I don't think um, the pressure up the middle is going to be so crucial week one. I think the pressure coming off of the edge is going to be the difference maker. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, well, like you said, man, it's just as a deep tackle, man. Unless you're unless you're Aaron freaking Donald, you're not really gonna or JJ White, you're not gonna have that many tax, uh, sacks. As a, as a DM, because there's, there's too much traffic, man. It's, it's hard, but I think um, maybe not so much as a as a sack pass rusher guy. I think he can serve um, more effectively maybe as a run stuffer, man, because mm-hmm. that's that's been a that's been a really really huge problem for us. As as you pointed out over the past what six seven years, you know we haven't we haven't finished outside or inside of the top 100 and rush defense and quite a long time. So I think, um, I think we can utilize them as a, as a run stop as well. Yeah, no doubt. We, hey, we need all 11 for sure. And I, I know we were specifically talking defensive line today, yesterday, what have you, but we'll get into linebackers next week. We'll get into secondary. And, you know, I, when I asked Beamer about that at SEC Media Days, again, he pointed that out. It, it takes all 11 guys to stop the run, to That's generate right. a, generate a push and, you know, but it, it's got to be better. I mean, everybody's got to be better. It's it's just it, – it's – for the amount of talent that South Carolina has brought in on the defensive front, it, it's been kind of inexcusable, really, to, to see how porous they've been yeah. against the uh, – Yeah. Against the run, so. Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, I mean, it's, it's been pretty pretty underwhelming considering the talent that we've had come through. You know, Jordan Burke, Zach Pickens. You know that they, they were they were solid guys, but they never really lived up to the hype that they had coming out of high school or at the time of signing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I hope uh, I hope we can build off of that or build on um, maybe potentially being a solid, having a more solid group up front 
guys that you can rely on to make, you know, not necessarily big play after big play, just making consistent plays, man, making it consistently more difficult on teams as far as running the ball. And that just, it's, it's a big, it's a big part of concern. But anyway, man, I just, I was just calling in to talk a little bit about Hemingway and Rusty Fence and that kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get off of here, man. I uh, appreciate you answering, Chris. Uh, thanks for his up show, man. Go Cox, buddy. Peyton, I appreciate the call, my man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff as always. And, uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I echo everything that uh, Peyton just said. So echo everything Peyton just said. Uh, breaking news, Cam Scott officially picks the Texas Longhorns. Uh, he is headed to Austin I mean, at least he's out of the SEC, I guess. But uh, in-state kid from Lexington has committed to Texas. So there you have it. There you have it. I say he's out. I say he's outside of the SEC. Not really, though. Texas joins next year. So uh, yeah, he will very much so be in the SEC, and it'll be somebody the Gamecocks will play at some point, I'd imagine. So, uh, anyways, I mean. You know, <clears throat> I don't know if South Carolina. I don't know if South Carolina was really ever the favorite for him, but uh, obviously sucks to lose a guy out of your backyard and uh, heads of Texas, heads of Texas. So, I mean, it is what it is, it is what it is. And that's kind of the story of Gamecocks men's basketball. That's kind of the story, man, just losing those big in-state guys. So, Texas it is. He's out of the SEC this season, but he will not play this season because he will not be enrolled yet. So, he will be in the SEC next year. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. The homie Lamont not cooking, Brendan M. So, not cooking. Just always sucks to lose a guy like that to your out of your, out of your backyard. It's tough. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Here on this Friday, August the eleventh. Yep, here it is. Sports talk. The state's top basketball recruit in the 2024 cycle, 6'6", Cam Scott of Lexington Friday, committed to Texas. Picked Texas over South Carolina, Bammer, Auburn, Oregon, and Ole Miss. Sports Talk SC says the miss is a significant one for USC coach Lamont Paris and staff who put great effort in recruiting the hometown standout. Much of the way... In the recruiting saga, it appeared the Gamecocks had the inside track, but Scott was also strong on Texas, despite the turmoil in the program last season that led to the departure of head coach Chris Beard. His assistant at the time, Rodney Terry, has been recruiting Scott, and they built a strong relationship. Terry is now the head coach of the Longhorns. With Scott out of the picture, Paris will focus on the prospects he's offered for the 2024 class. Those include 6'4", K.J. Green, 6'2", Elijah Crawford, 6'7", Debian Reed, 6'9", Sammy Yanay, 6'4", Bishop Oswell, and 6'7", Trent Noah. So, a swing and a miss for Lamont Paris on the recruiting trail, but what's new? South Carolina losing those big-time in-state prospects is nothing that we're really not all that used to. 
Wasn't a he wasn't a take. It is what it is. John Edwards says, not the first in-state guy to leave South Carolina. Zion Williamson, John Morant to, excuse me, name a couple. They did indeed. Doesn't make it any sweeter. Doesn't make it any sweeter, my guy. Doesn't make it any sweeter. Michael Lynn, where do you think Spencer Rattler ranks among SEC quarterbacks? Yeah, I've got him ranked. I believe my quarterback rankings, I had him fourth. I believe I had him fourth in my rankings, Michael. Um, you know, I, I think that going into the season, I think Spencer Rattler should be considered a top five quarterback. Um, you know, where does he finish? We'll see. I think Spencer Rattler's got very, very high potential to be a really good player. I mean, I I, I liked what Connor O'Gara said that I don't think South Carolina fans should have these unfair expectations. Like he's he's turned some massive corner because of the end of last season. Like I think Spencer Rattler is who he is. He's a gunslinger and you just hope there's more good moments than there are bad, but you know you got to live with some of that bad to get all the good that he gives you. So, um, yeah, I would rank him fourth on my list. CCM says grits or hash browns. Hash browns, a thousand percent. I do love grits, but. Hash Browns, a thousand percent, my man, for sure. Michael, will he throw seven interceptions against Mizzou? I certainly, Michael, hope not. I certainly hope not. I hope not, my friend. I hope not. Yeah, Michael, I, I'd love to see South Carolina switch to uh, switch to, to, to Nike. I, I'm I'm not a huge Under Armour guy. I mean, I. I like it doesn't bother me that Carolina rocks Under Armour, but I, I'm I'd be more than happy to get off of Under Armour. So, I mean, we've had it for what 16 years. Like, let's try something different. I mean, all the best teams in college football they they have Nike. Like they they do they do they have Nike. So, It's so funny though. I, I I like I rehash my September predictions on the timeline, and people are going crazy. And it's like I literally have my season predictions pinned to the top of our feed. Like, like people act people act surprised that I I I I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. But, hey, beauty's in the banter, man. I hope South Carolina starts, what, 5-0. and I really do. I hope they start 5-0, and guys. I'd, I'd love nothing, nothing more than that. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Chase Warren, any updates on the unis for this year? I, I think we're sticking with the same things, Chase. If we were getting new unis, I think it would have happened. I think it would have happened. CCM would be dope if we were all black and UNC was all white for the game. I know the game's at night. I still don't think, though, with the heat, they're going to want to go all black. But the game is at night. So, I mean, it could work. It could work. Mary and R, Zaxby's are raising canes. I'm going raising canes, my friend. Raising canes. Um, 
KFC, we need to wear all white in Charlotte so our guys don't die from heat. Indeed. Indeed. Let's see. Mike Gillespie, our good friend from ABC Columbia, asked Shane Beamer, what keeps him up at night with this team besides uh, besides a lot after all these SC football coaches? What keeps him up? Youth. Carolina's expected to play a ton of freshmen this season, but that can also be incredibly beneficial for the foundation of the program. How about that? Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from. John Rice, Chick-fil-A Hall of Famer. John, what's up, man? Chick-fil-A Hall of Famer. I love it. What's going on? <laughs> what's up, dude? I'm just sitting in the office on this Friday. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's up? I got a quick one for you, then I gotta get off then I gotta get off the phone, but I want to hear what you gotta say. Um give me this year, this football season, give me the one game that everyone thinks we're gonna win that we could lose. And then give me the one game that everyone thinks we're gonna lose that we could sneak away and win. I'm going to hang up and listen, brother. Appreciate you, John. Great question. That's a fantastic question. You know, John's a guy, he doesn't call in a lot, but when he does or when he comments, it's fire. What's the one game that South Carolina, Gamecock Nation, is expecting to win that the Gamecocks could lose? And then what's the one game that everybody's writing off as a loss that could be a win? I'll start with the first. I mean, to me, Mississippi State's the obvious. I know I'm picking it as a loss, but I, I think all of Gamecock Nation is bought in on that as a W. It should be no problem. But I'll go a different direction. Let's let's not go Mississippi State. The game that I think could be a loss that everyone is saying no doubt is a win. And I'm not picking this. This is just for the sake of the hypothetical. Vanderbilt, I, I know. I, I know it's blasphemous. I know it's blasphemous. I, I'm picking the W. I, I'm picking the W. But the streak's going to end at some point. It, it's, it's going to end at some point, and we saw Vandy beat Florida and beat Kentucky. It's not that outrageous to think that there's going to be an upset this year. It's not that outrageous. It's not. So I'd say Vanderbilt. Obviously, I'm not picking it. I've got it as a W. We should South Carolina should expect to win the game, but that game could be tricky. Last time Bandy was at Willie B, they should have beaten South Carolina, so that game's tricky. The game that everyone's writing off as a loss that could be a win, John, I'd go Tennessee. I'd go Tennessee. I, I, I think that, you know what? maybe we're making too much of a too too big of a deal of the revenge factor you know because at the end of the day revenge is great it's great for off-season storylines and and talking season and motivation but like once toe meets leather the ball has been snapped it's been kicked whatever like once the game starts it's about playing football all that revenge factor stuff is you know and I think Jake Crane has mentioned it before the revenge factor stuff it just makes you prepare harder it doesn't make you play harder. It makes you prepare harder, if anything. So, 
I, I think that's one that maybe, you know, most aren't giving Carolina a chance. And listen, maybe it's one of those things where Tennessee does take a step back and South Carolina was able to kind of crack the code of Tennessee and they're able to beat them. So I would go Vandy and Tennessee. I know the Vandy one won't be popular, but like that one, nobody in their right mind is picking Vandy to win. I mean, this is a team that beat Florida and Kentucky last year. I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But you know as well as I do, John, everybody else, that streak, like the year that, let, let's, let's put it this way, the year that streak ends, it's not going to make sense. Think about it. Is there ever going to be a year South Carolina comes into and you say, you know what, that Vandy game, though, I I just, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. So I'd say most likely loss that everyone thinks is a win would be Vandy. Most likely win that everyone thinks will be a loss is Tennessee. And of course, that's in the hypothetical because I picked the loss to Tennessee. I've picked the win over Vandy. But hey, crazier things have happened in college football. Great question by our guy, John Rice, there. Great question. Fantastic question. That also sounds like, John, something that I'll have to ask or pose to the masses on social media because I, I'd be curious to hear. I mean, Mississippi State, to me, is the very obvious one because I picked it as a loss, and, you know, people act as if I'm, I'm insane, but, uh, you know. You never know. I, I I certainly will not be the guy, probably any point, to pick Vandy to pull the upset going into a football season. KFC in Africa says, and, and I, I realize, too, how funny. I, I just, listen, I read the usernames as is. That's literally what his username is. How about can we just beat freaking Missouri? Can we just beat Missouri indeed, my man? I Trust me, that, that's a street that needs to be snapped. Spur Daddy, I'm so tired of saying, everybody's saying Carolina's losing to Tennessee and Clemson because of revenge. Take your revenge and stick it. I mean, again, to your point, Spur Daddy, revenge does not play the game. Um, you know, I've, I've said admittedly that, you know, I there's, there's a Tennessee is probably the least likely swing game I look at and say least likely South Carolina gets the W because being in Neyland, uh, if there's one game that I expect Tennessee to show up, play well, play a complete 60 minutes, it's that one after what happened last year. Um, Clemson, listen, I picked the loss not because I think revenge. I mean, certainly revenge will be on the mind, but I think Clemson's going to be a lot better football team this year. And I, and I know that they still won 10 games last year, won the ACC, but like, I, I just think offensively, I think offensively Clemson's going to be a lot better. I think they're going to be a lot better. I think Garrett Riley, Cade Klubnick, um, I'm not saying Klubnick's going to win the Heisman or anything, but in that game specifically, Carolina won't be able to bank on Clemson's quarterback going eight for 29 again. I, they, they, they just won't. South Carolina's just as suspect, if not maybe even a little bit weaker on the line of scrimmage. Clemson's still elite in the trenches. Will 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 a game occur again in which so many different things happen that swung in Carolina's favor? I, I know there were things that went against them too. 
pick six, pick in the end zone, but like the special team stuff, all of the fumbles and the turnovers, and it could happen. It it very well could happen. I I just think Clemson's going to be a lot better on offense. I think they're going to be so much better on offense, and they still have, um, you know, they still have Mafa. They still have Shipley. They'll be better at wide receiver. And Klubnik, again, will be an upgrade over DJU. I, I really believe that. So, we'll see. I mean, I want to be wrong. I don't, I don't want to be right in that pick at all. But uh, that's why I've got that one as an L. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. In case you missed it, Cam Scott. Has officially committed to Texas. We don't normally talk basketball recruiting this time of year. But uh, that was a pretty significant one. Cam Scott out of Lexington, Lexington, South Carolina, unfortunately will be headed to Austin to play for the Longhorns. So. Maybe in R26, if Clemson didn't have their flashy OC this year, would Clemson be better? Well, I think they'd be upgraded at quarterback either way, um, but maybe in R26. You know, breaking news, having a good offensive coordinator is typically a good sign that you'll be improved on the offensive side. So, you know, I, I mean... That'll typically do it for you. So, it helps. It helps, for sure. It helps, for sure. KFC says, what if we're 1-3 going into Florida? Well, KFC, we we play five games before Florida. So, you know, I I think 2-3 and is is worst case. I do. South Carolina's not going to lose to UNC and Mississippi State. 3-2 and is very realistic. I think four and one is obviously a, a dream start. Three and two is most likely. If you can be three and two, though, like if you can start this season four and two, that is a fantastic start of the year. Fantastic. Fantastic start of the year. Just, just weather the storm early. Weather the storm early in this season. A three and three or better start with four home games to close, games against Vandy, Jacksonville State, getting Kentucky at your house. It sets you up to get to that seven win, eight win mark, which would be a success in year three of Shane Beamer. You don't have to go five and one to the first six, you don't even have to go four and two. But you can't go worse than three and three. A three and three or better start. Weather the storm over the first six games. And guys, slow starts have been a problem for this program under Shane Beamer. First two years, they've struggled out the gate. And with South Carolina playing a bunch of new faces, bunch of new guys, true freshmen at every position Shane Beamer's mentioned, they're going to be relying on youngsters, relying on portal guys. It could be a mixed bag early. If you can weather the storm, be three and two through your first five, more importantly, four and two through your first six, 
at worst case, be three and three. You're setting yourself up much more favorable down the stretch to get to that seven win and maybe even that eight win mark. Let's see. Michael Lynn, biggest difference between last year and this year in the offense? I think just simplified. Uh, you know, guys should look more comfortable. There shouldn't be as much confusion pre-snap. Uh, you know, we've all heard it over, over, over again that that's what we'll get. But, you know, we're really not going to know what the offense looks like, guys, until toe meets leather uh, and and the season begins. And we get a glimpse of this offense. Because I they're not reinventing the offense, obviously. They're not reinventing the offense. It's going to be very similar to last year in some ways. But the way it's presented, the overall execution, playmakers actually touching the football, I think that'll be the biggest difference. Some wildcat in the red zone, too. CCM, we could see that. We could most certainly see that. Kickoff is just around the corner, ladies and gents. Just around the corner. Very excited for it. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Michael. Michael, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris. Doing well, bud. Uh, You've had a great week, man. I appreciate it. Uh, same to you, my friend. What's going on? Hey, uh, usually um, I don't get a chance to call in much. Usually I agree with all your points, but there's one thing I've been struggling with here recently to kind of wrap my mind around. Um, goes back to your conversation, I guess, yesterday with Mark Ryan at the, uh, at the end of the conversation. You guys were talking about the uh, benefits versus, I guess, the downsides of Clemson possibly joining the SEC. So my buddies and I have been talking about this here recently with all the conference realignment stuff going on. And the part I'm having trouble with is I've always had the stance of bring Clemson on, bring them on to the SEC, let them actually have to play a real schedule. They've actually got to play some real competition. I mean, they've got a cupcake to the play, a cupcake walk to the playoffs every year playing the ACC and playing no competition. They don't play the most competitive physical teams yet, so they don't have as many injuries and such. Of course, 14 playoff ACC cakewalk into the playoffs i know we're expanding to 12 but i'm to the point where it's like if it's 12 if they're in the sec sure they can lose a couple and possibly still make the playoffs but to the conversation of they're going to get our extra money the 30 extra million dollars that we get in the sec i just like nobody beats their chest on we've got more money than clemson therefore we're the better program we've got a better football operations thing going on. Nobody's excited about that. I'm, I care about wins and losses. I would rather be Clemson rich as crap and not winning any championships versus them being not as much money and have a trophy case more full of national championships. That's the part I'm having trouble understanding all. What's you, your thoughts? You know, you make very good points, and that, that was why a couple months ago for me, I mean, I, I go back and forth on it. You know what I mean? I, I think there's pros and cons yeah. to both of them you know, not being in the SEC or maybe one day potentially being in the SEC. And, you know, to your point, man, I mean, I, I would love to see Clemson have to play an SEC schedule. And, you know, I, I think that um, probably wouldn't be quite the cakewalk to a 
conference title or, or a college ball playoff bid, you know, potentially as it is in the ACC. So I, I definitely definitely see that vantage point. I'm the same way. It's like, hey, bring it on. Let's just add another layer of emphasis to the rivalry. Not that it needs any, but like, why not just do that? I mean, Alabama and Auburn play each other every year and it works out just fine. You know, at the same time on the flip side and, you know, money is what drives recruiting and facilities and with NIL going on and what have you, it's it's why give Clemson that that boost, I guess. But then again, I go back to, to your point. I mean, Carolina having the SEC advantage hasn't quite done much of anything for them over the last decade or so, and, and Clemson's run away with winning national titles, and they found a way to make it work without the $30 million or what have you. So is it really all that much of an advantage? So I don't know if there's really a perfect answer. Um, you know, I, I'm if Clemson were to join the SEC, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it and, hey, bring it on like you mentioned. But if they stay in the ACC, I'm, I'm not going to be all that upset either. It's, uh, you know, if they've got to be on the outside looking in. But, um, you know, I, I think the reality is this. I think they probably will at some point join the SEC, whether you like it or not, because them and Florida State, they're like SEC teams in the ACC anyways. I mean, they've got humongous stadiums. They generate revenue. They win at a high level. I, I mean, I think it's probably going to happen. It's not a matter of if, just a matter of when. So, um, I, I definitely hear your points, and you know, I, I think there's a, a fair argument for all of them. Yeah, agree. I, yeah, and I understand your points on both sides. I think you make really good points on them. But I'm just trying to understand the other the other side of it as well. My biggest thing is it's like we've got the SEC thing we can throw out there. We got all the extra money that the that the program has. I don't know. We're not paying these best best recruits to come here, but it's not helped us in terms of winning, which at the end of the day, all that matters. So. But, um, yeah, I think in the end, I do think they will end up joining the SEC sometime in the near future. I think it makes the most sense. And then bring it on. you got to beat the best competition in the regular season. Then I think you gotta, you're got you going to have to beat three or four really good quality teams to actually win in, all, win in the end. And I think that's much harder for them to do than it is go through an easy schedule and then only have to win two really good games at the end. So, anyway, have a good weekend, man. I appreciate the call, Michael. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Thanks, bud. Take care. Bye. Great stuff. That was a great call. And there you go. Um, really, really good stuff there. And yeah, I mean, listen, there's pros and cons to there's pros and cons to both sides, right? About Clemson joining the SEC one day or not. And I definitely understand the, you know, again, I, I look at it from the competitor side. Like they come in the SEC, bring it on. Carolina Clemson's gonna happen either way. I, and I know we all would love to see Clemson have to go through an SEC schedule and get beat up a little bit and have to deal with that. But on the other side, you know, it's nice for them to not have that boost. I mean, there's a reason that Clemson wants to be out of the ACC, right? There's a reason why they want more money. There's a reason why they want the status of, you know, being in the conference. I mean, can you imagine SEC media days and, you know, having Clemson at the event, like in all kinds of things? So, um, you know, can you imagine the potential of Clemson possibly winning an SEC championship before South Carolina? Can you fathom that possibility? Boy, we would never... Hear the end of that. So, there are pros and cons to both sides of the argument. Guys, hey, we've hit 3 o'clock. An electric show today. I put it on you guys. I asked you to carry the wave with, you know, your questions, your comments, what have you, and you did so. Thank you so much. Luke RJ says, Chris, honest thoughts on the band, homies. They can, they can, they can engage in slap dickery a time or two, Luke RJ. They, they, they tend to be slap dicks, but... Every now and then, there's there's some good good traits of them as well. So, no, nah, I'm kidding. Our guy Brendan M, the, the 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 signature band homie in the Big Cock Club Discord, 
We love Brendan. So, anyways, guys, make sure on YouTube you hit that subscribe button, hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we go live, when we drop new video content. Also, of course, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, we're getting closer. Just two more weekends. Two, excuse me, three. Three more weekends. Two more weekends to week zero. Three more Saturdays. Three more weekends. Hey, three weeks from today, we're going to be signing off, going into kickoff in Charlotte. Cannot wait. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you all on Monday.